Listening to my old songs back when I would talk about Things that hadn't happened yet, but now I get to talk about Just got back from South Beach, Collins Ave Shore Club Always celebrating what I want to see And you start noticing that no one, actually, like, no one really gives a shit about what you're doing in your life. Like, to be honest, it's my family probably cares about me. It's a couple of my close friends probably care about me, but everyone's living in their own reality. They don't, they think about you for two minutes and then they don't, they don't think about your actions before. So why are you, a lot of people let these external, external actions and external opinions decide whether or how they're going to live their life. So like I said, we can go, there's so many different avenues you can go down just from the program and being introspective. And I think it's important to be reflective about your experience because you start understanding how a better way to think. Did you hear that, Zach? I did. I did. Hey, that's the first. I think uh, bold perceptions has gotten in some legal trouble as of late. So we need, you know, a disclaimer that the meeting has now begun. That means the episode has begun. We use Zoom these days, people. But we are back. As you could hear, this is being recorded. We have a big time episode today with actually a friend of mine, uh, Zach. Uh, first of all, it's good to see you. You know, I'm, I'm holding back temptations to, you know, get all giggly and jokey with you. <laughs> yeah it's an absolute pleasure george it's it's uh fun to be here and chit chat should be good it should be good it should be good you got your uh you know your classic fashion on a nice golf trip hat nice david hasselhoff looking sweatshirt it's all good but on a serious note um zach why don't you kind of explain your background as to you know, what you've done in college, what you're doing now, and then we'll get into the grand, the grand topic of 75 hard. Yeah. So, uh, the, the point of the episode of course is to go over 75 hard in my experience, but I guess it's good to kind of go on the background of, um, me as well. I was a former athlete, former, (laughs) um, I played Division One baseball at Nebraska, and now I, I'm kind of in the IT sales sector of things. So uh, just to give everyone a rundown, um, just I kind of understand the athlete experience, kind of what goes into that and kind of the motivation or uh, work that goes into being an athlete and uh, a student at the same time. So some of my perspective will come from that, and that's kind of where I'm coming from. Boom. And uh, for those who don't know, we'll, we'll go over it, of course, uh, before we dive into it. But 75 hard is, uh, you, you've probably heard of it. You've probably heard and seen it's floating around the interweb, whatever you want to call it these days. Um, but it is a very disciplinary focused. It's, it's, Zach, would you agree? I mean, it's fitness focused, but that's not really the point. Yeah. Absolutely. I think everyone, when they see it initially, they go, they think it's some fitness challenge. They think it's just like a fitness challenge, but what you'll find out is it's way more mental than a physical challenge. Um, and just kind of fighting through that discipline that, you know, we all are trying to build basically. Boom. This is going to be good. And, and for a quick background, Andy Frisella, he's the creator of this. 
Um, he's one of my favorite guys to listen to. I know Zach loves him. Zach, you actually turned me on to him. Um, he's just, he's one of those dudes that looks like an absolute meathead bruiser, but then you listen to him and you read his writing and everything. He's actually super intellectual, very deep thinker. How did you get into him? How did you get introduced to 75 hard? Um, I, I honestly don't even know how I ran into Priscilla. I think I was looking at just for different podcasts to check out uh, much more kind of on the mindset and like entrepreneur aspects. So I was just kind of searching things, ran into him and re- like, like you said, he's super intellectual. He knows what the hell he's talking about. Um, he's been through a lot of shit. So he has a lot of experience from what he comes from. And what I liked about him is he just kind of tells you what you don't want to hear, but it's kind of what you need to it's it's straight to the point and it's stuff that makes you feel a little uncomfortable but you know it's the truth so that's kind of what i like about him yes like the bitch voice versus boss voice i like that one yep um, yeah but yeah let's uh let's dive into it so let's let's rewind here first of all congrats on completing the 75 hard i think it's going to turn into 365 hard we don't know we'll see what's going to stay and what's going to go but that did rhyme by the way and uh but let's let's rewind what made you do this uh when did you hear about it what was you know the nail in the coffin explain your mindset going into the decision to do this yeah so i will i'll kind of go back um if you guys don't know i am from the same high school that george went to a lot of my friends um in minnesota and i ended up moving down to florida not too long ago reasoning for is I got to the point during COVID where I was just kind of sick and fed up of doing the same shit over and over and no offense taken no offense yeah (laughs) and the funny thing is is I just got sick of stuff and I kind of like felt stuck in a rut for a long time and I'm also not a winter guy hate the winter knew the winter was coming so basically just decided to get up and move do that and then as I moved kind of wanted to, okay, I'm in a new spot. I'm in a new environment. Why not kind of challenge myself in a way? And I'd heard about 75 hard. I'd heard about people truly enjoying um, what they learned from it and their experience from it. So ended up having the Super Bowl here. And after that weekend, it was kind of a crazy weekend. And me and my roommate were like, Hey, let's just decide to do 75 hard. Now let's change things up. We're in a new environment. Let's kind of put ourselves you know, put a, put a challenge up and um, see if we can accomplish it and, you know, what we are going to grow or learn through this time. So kind of just decided on a whim that it was something I wanted to do. And I had it in the back of my mind for a few months that it was something I wanted to do. But the problem was I just kept making an excuse of like, when is the right time to start it type of thing. And at, at some point, I just picked a date, which was after our golf trip bunch of us and our friends went on a golf trip I said right after this golf trip that's gonna be the last two raw and then I'll do 75 hard and kind of just lock in from there boom and that golf trip of course was um it was podcasters only we all recorded a podcast a whole I mean it was all business it was for sharpening my skills not golfing or drinking or anything else but uh the next thing what is 75 hard what are the what there's like eight different things that you have to do every day right yep Yeah, so 75 hard is basically what it encompasses is there's two workouts. One of them has to be outside 
both workouts are 45 minutes at minimum. Then you have to follow a diet, whether you want to do like a carnivore, keto, something diet like that. I didn't pick a specific diet, but I picked clean food, counted my macros, weighed my food, stuff like that. No alcohol, no cheat meals. That means you're not allowed to go out and eat McDonald's or Burger King. You're not allowed to eat sugar like you're, like soda. If you're going to drink soda, it's got to be no sugar. Not allowed to have Ben and Jerry's, shit like that. So there's no cheat meals. You basically have to make all your meals, keep it healthy, keep it clean. Then you got to drink a gallon of water every day. Um, read 10 pages of a book at minimum. And it has to be a nonfiction, self-help type of book, not just a, a fiction fairy tale type of book. And then you take a progress pick. So see your progress from day one to day 75. So I'm sure people are, you know, they want to hear the, I'm not, I'm not allowed to release the progress <laughs> pick, but I mean, it's, it's not like this didn't work for you. Would you say that? I mean, I know again, physically and the fitness part is probably like the least important thing you learned about it, but it did clearly do something for you. It worked big time. Yeah, it definitely helped for me though, being a former athlete, like I was on a pretty strict workout schedule, even before, um, I was doing 10,000 steps a day. Anyways, I was still working out every day. So the progress that you see as someone who's been working out or lifting for a long period of time is a lot less progress than someone who is actually in bad shape and actually doesn't commit to anything more than doesn't even work out every day, that type of stuff. So um, for me, there was a lot of progress. And I think that, you know, stayed to obviously sticking to a diet and just challenging yourself throughout the progress or throughout the program. But yeah, definitely. I think you saw, I sent you, I sent George a photo and um, yeah, I would say I'm pretty confident in how I look at the time being. In time for summer, it's David Hasselhoff season, Zach, but I want to, uh, I think from a bird's eye view of this, not having done it, I would assume that one of the most interesting parts mentally would be the fact that you have to do it no matter what right? Like there's no excuses. Like you can't, you can't say I'm sick. Um, like you, it's literally, you have to do it. And the further you get, it's like, if you quit on day 50, that would be even worse than quitting on day 10, right? Like every time you do it, you build momentum, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of high stakes. You don't want to let yourself down. You don't want to have to start this whole thing over again. Um, as you went, did it get, not stressful, but did you feel the significance of each day building? Yeah. So, um, you do, you definitely hit this point where like, you're kind of on a wave, like you're, you hit this momentum point for me, it hit a lot later than expected. Um, I thought going into the program that like I was going to do it and I was going to have this crazy change. Like it was going to be just some like out of body experience type of change. The thing for me is I didn't start noticing like the rewards or the momentum till like probably day 45 or day 50. Um, a lot of people like what Frisella talks about is a lot of people just 
they get through like 20 days or so, and they're just excited that they accomplished something after 20 days. And so a lot of people quit in the first few weeks just because they, they just break into temptation and they've already basically rewarded themselves mentally. Like, Oh, I went three weeks without drinking. Um, so they just break it and they become, they quit. So a lot of people quit or they think it's too hard. Like legit, uh, Frisella says like, this program is the hardest thing that some people will do their entire life. For me being an athlete, I didn't think it was that crazy challenging, but I can understand people who don't actually apply themselves in certain areas that it can be extremely challenging mentally and physically on both ends. And he always mentioned as well as like, if you end up quitting your first time, it almost makes it that much harder to continue to retry it and finish it because you've already instilled in your mind that you're going to quit um, early on. And when you do that, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you continue to find ways to make excuses and quit uh, within your life. So I was like, when I started, I was like, there's no way, like for sure I'm committing myself to 75 days, likely longer. There's no way, like there's going to be a reason for me to not finish it. So. And was that, uh, was that intimidating for you when you made the choice that it's going to be 75 at least? Did you look at it as, did you ever look at it as damn, like this is going to be my reality? Did you ever, you know, second guess yourself? Not, not really. Um, and the reason being is I think some people, they decide to do the program just to like either prove it to other people. Like there's, they're not actually, what I say is I don't think you should start it if it's not like calling you in a sense. Like if you don't feel like you need a change for me, it was like, I got to a point where I was just sick of doing the same shit and I wanted a change. I like, there was intent behind my actions. So you having intent behind everything you do is complete is super important. If you don't have that intent, you're likely to quit. Um, so like for me, it was, wasn't necessarily intimidating. I knew that would be my, my life for the next three months, I guess. Um, but it's, you start to figure out that like something like alcohol is hard for the first three weeks, but you're only battling your own temptation to drink. You're not like battling anything else other than yourself. So the program just becomes, you're just, you're battling yourself versus anything else. A lot of people try to find outside excuses of like, Oh, my friends just want me to go out or something like that. Like it's your, still your decision. Um, so once you like get that in your mind and you get that momentum of like, Oh, I just got to say no, or, Oh, I just got to go do something else to take my mind off something or whatever. Um, it kind of takes over. Is that one of the biggest things you learned about excuses? I know we've touched on that, but you, you mentioned excuses and discipline were what they're two of the biggest themes that really came out to play here. Yeah. So it kind of goes to the point of it's much more of a mental challenge than a physical challenge. Um, you start to, you start to notice that like some of these, the tasks are just small, insignificant things that you have to commit yourself to doing every single day. And it translates to your actual life. A lot of the progress that you make in your actual life all comes down to just doing the small things over and over consistently, um, over time. And then having the discipline to do it when things are hard or you're having a shitty day as well continuing to put that effort and that time in. So the thing is, is like, 
when it comes to the discipline aspect, you think just because you're doing 75 hard, just because you're doing the program, you're going to wake up every day and every day is going to be great. That's not the case. You still wake up and you still have bad days. You still feel like shit some days. You're sore from working out, for pushing yourself. You still have those days where you're just, just not there. The discipline aspect is, okay, I don't feel, there is no ideal time. There is no perfect timing. There is no uh, perfect, yeah, like I said, perfect timing to get started or do something. You still have to just battle through that and just say, hey, I'm going to put the effort in to get these things done. But then I'm also going to, you know, put the effort into the other aspects of my life that I want to improve. So it's just like pushing through those boundaries. Yeah. And I think uh, Andy called this the production pivot at one point. Um, I got a little cheat sheet pulled up. I didn't even know this would come up. I just saw it this morning and liked it. Uh, he goes, when that little voice in your head starts talking shit, teach yourself to use it as a trigger to do exactly the opposite of what it is telling you, plus a little more. Did you ever experience this, a production pivot? Yeah, uh, all the time, to be honest. So, like, one thing, one thing you notice is, and the best way I can explain it um, from a physical aspect, is you hit a point where instead of just getting shit done, you just start to challenge yourself even more outside of what you have to accomplish with the program. So you start doing other things to make things harder. You start wanting to challenge yourself. You almost look forward to it. Um, and with that, like, as in like mentally telling yourself when you feel like crap, like there's a couple of times when uh, you go to the gym and you're doing like, maybe you have four sets of eight for like bench press or squat or something like that. Most people are just going to do four sets and only do eight reps. The thing is, is you hit this point where you're constantly telling yourself you want to be better and you want to challenge yourself. So instead of just stopping at eight, you just go till failure. Maybe you go 12 or 13 reps and you add more weight and you continue to do the same thing where everyone else is stopping at eight reps. You're continuing to push yourself and you start doing that every day, even when you feel like crap, even when you feel weak, you start, you know, challenging yourself and pushing yourself further. So I think that's kind of the important thing is subconsciously when you're doing that even when you feel like crap subconsciously you're telling yourself that you're you're made of more that you know you can accomplish more even when things aren't you know in your favor i think it's very interesting um <clears throat> you mentioned you know feeling like shit some days feeling like crap whatever you want to call it I, I just think it's psychologically so interesting what this would do to your, to your expectations of yourself after you complete it, because you know that no matter how you feel, like you can have an absolutely insanely productive day. Cause every, every day on this, you're getting eight wins at least because every little thing you do on this program is a win. So I, I just can't see people completing it. And then, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but going back to their old ways, right? Like you have already proved to yourself that you could do it. And you're, you can do so many more things in a day that you thought you could before the program, right? I mean, what, what are you taking with yourself after that? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it just becomes a part of your life because it, it just becomes normal <clears throat> to do that. Like, even though I'm done with the program, I'm still doing basically everything that I was doing in the program. It becomes a part of your life. You start noticing that people are really making a shit ton of excuses for the time, the time that they don't have, or 
that the program makes you really manage your time. Okay, I still need to get shit done. Sometimes you'll be laying. I've heard of people, sometimes they'll be laying in bed, but go into the app. Oh, shoot. I totally forgot about my 45-minute workout outside. Now you got to go, go on a walk, or you got to chug your water, your gallon of water, which you haven't finished at the end of the night, and you're waking up at 3 a.m. pissing. Like, there's just certain... Once you get into it, though, it just becomes normal. It just becomes a part of your day. And you start noticing that people are making so much excuses for things that are are in their control. They're just using external forces to say it's it's causing problems. Were there certain things you had to cut out of your day that, you know, normally were in it to, uh, to, you know, you know, reduce distractions or excuses like you're saying? Yeah. So the way I went about it, uh, well, first of all, with that, if I, I cut out golfing basically because golfing takes three or four hours down here in Florida, I can do it whenever, but it's not considered a workout. Um, how much money I, did you save? Probably saved well, hundreds of dollars. Wasn't buying alcohol. Wasn't wasn't really golfing. I was literally. I spent all my money on food. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you cut out certain things like that. But for me, I took the program as a personal step. I wanted to. So I moved down here. I want to challenge myself to move down here. I want to do the program to challenge myself. But also. I didn't want to put the burden on, on myself of trying to meet new people while I'm doing the program. Cause I don't want to be the guy that says, no, I can't hang out or do this. So basically I took the program as this is a good time for me to reflect and be introspective about what I want in my life and understand that and focus on things that I want to do. So as well within the program, I became super creative and just like finding things that like I enjoyed doing. Um, just doing them to try them rather than like a lot of people don't try certain things just because they think that their friends or people around them or their parents are going to judge them for it. I was just like going out, like just messing around, trying new things, seeing new cities, stuff like that, just because I had the confidence to do so. And I don't know, the program kind of puts this, puts this confidence in yourself and kind of this freeing feeling of just doing whatever the hell you want to do and not focusing on anyone else or like giving a shit of what anyone else thinks. So you just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. I didn't think about that. I, I never thought that would be a benefit. Like you obviously physically you're more confident in the way you look, which obviously then spills into the way you talk, uh, your posture, uh, your voice strength, if you want to call it that, a ton of benefits, but confidence in yourself and your introspective thinking is, is that a big theme? Uh, it could be for a lot of people. Um, for me, for sure. Like, I just started to think. Uh, I so how, just how does started, that help you? How does that help you? Break that down. So this is a question I pose to myself a lot. And I think that no one even thinks about is when was the last time you actually sat down for 20 minutes and thought about where you want to be in life? Where do you want to go? How do you want your life to live? How do you, where do you want to live? Things like that. If I were to ask you that or ask any of my friends that, they would likely give you a very bland answer of like, I just want to get promoted. Uh, just like something very simple. They're not even thinking about where they want, want to be and what they want to accomplish. So like the way of my introspective thinking is, okay, we always talk about self-love and self-care and stuff like that. 
I'm by myself all the time. I'm with myself all the time. So why would I not work on becoming more confident and becoming happy with myself and also choosing what I want to do because it makes me feel good or makes me happy. I think a lot of people really just like cut that out and they start thinking about or doing what all their friends do just because it's normal rather than actually spending time with themselves. So I took the program as, as well. I'm going to focus on doing the program, but I'm also going to spend time with myself and learn, you know, what do I want? What do I feel makes me happy? And just kind of double down on those aspects. And the program gives you the confidence to be able to do that. But the program also gives you confidence because you're accomplishing shit and you're getting shit done while you notice 98% of the people around you are just cogs in the wheel. They're just like a lot of people, you start looking at people, they're just like living a very normal, bland life and they're not really challenging themselves in any way. So that's also where the confidence is like, you know, you're doing the work and other people just aren't even thinking about it. You're separating yourself automatically just because you're doing the work. A, B, like you said, I, just, I can't remember the last time I sat for 20 minutes and just sat about, you know, and thought about what I wanted to do. And that sounds pretty beneficial and uh, important to do more so. Um, go, go deeper into that. How you, you're looking around all of a sudden you have a different perspective on everybody else. Cause when you're doing all those things in a day, I feel like you're like, okay, I have to be in like the top 3% of productivity in all of humanity right now. And because you, then you start realizing, damn, like these people wouldn't even be able to drink a gallon of water. Like how are they supposed to get up when they feel sick and do two workouts or read 10 pages? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can go in on that because the great thing is with 75 Hard, Frisella also wrote a book. And the first half of it's just going over all the critical tasks that you do every day, why you do them. The second half is really just explaining like the different, um, the different stages that you go through for, through day one through 75, kind of those mental changes and the way you see that change. So he talks about that as like, you just start realizing that you're doing something and you're actually putting effort into your life. And no one else around you really is. You start like going by different places uh, that you used to eat or drink at. And you just see the same people are doing the same shit every single weekend. They're just letting life kind of pass, pass them by in a sense. And you also notice that the way people respond to you doing the program is just such a negative aspect. Like people are like, how is that sustainable? Are you serious? No alcohol? And you start noticing people's mindsets to actually just it's my thought was it's 75 days, 75 days of my life. That is, a, well, I don't even know a fifth of my year, like also, one fifth of my year to commit to something really quick. I want to keep you keep, I want to let you keep going, obviously, but as a listener right now, how are you responding to this right now? You're probably responding in, in, a, in a way. I hope you're not, but if you are, what, why are you looking at this in a negative light? Cause I've, I've heard people, I've heard people personally, Zach, say, like, why would you do that? Like, why are you doing that? So just keep that in mind as you keep going. I just want to quickly call you out because this episode was not ever going to be about what you wanted to hear. I'm sorry. But Zach, continue. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's not, this isn't like some ego-driven fuel coming out of my mouth. It's, it's just kind of my experience as well. And it's also 
literally the truth. It's not like I'm having confidence in myself for doing the program and I feel like I'm on this like wave and just kind of doing things right. Thing is, you're not looking down on people that like, you know, you're technically, yeah, you know, you're, you're outworking them and you're actually putting effort into your life. But the thing is, you're almost understanding what they're going through as well. Because you were at that point before you even started. You're understanding kind of that cog in the wheel that they're stuck in. But you also know that it's only up to you to make that decision and to take action and have intention behind what you're doing each day. So you understand that you're putting in this work and you have the right to feel confident about yourself. You have that ability because you're actually putting in that effort. The thing is, those people don't because they, they haven't put in the effort, but everyone expects things to be handed to them. They expect them to just somehow be successful, yet they have never envisioned their life. They never envision where they're going to be, yet they just think rich people are lucky. Like there's these certain aspects that in mindset that a normal person has that you just start to like, you're aware of, but you start moving away from that. You understand that creating this positive mindset and creating this confidence and actually challenging yourself and failing in certain aspects as well are only making you so much better in the long run. And they're making those challenges easier because you've been through it and you know how to handle them. You know how to look at it. See, just to come out of this challenge with those things, you know, those perspectives, that's why I wouldn't look at doing this as a sacrifice. I would look at it as an investment in yourself, right? And I think Frisell has had an episode about that exact topic, but that's how, that's how I'm seeing this from outside. And just knowing yeah. those things, it goes so, it goes so far. <clears throat> Don't you want to know those things? I've seen so many like 30-year-old, 40-year-old rich people say, I'd pay to learn these things in my twenties, kind of clickbaity, but actually it's usually true. And it sounds like you're kind of rattling off things that you're going to be lucky and glad that you learned when you were 25. Yeah. Uh, for me, I honestly think that like learning about yourself and what you love, what you like to do is truly important. Building that confidence is only going to transcend in every area of your life, mentally, physically, emotionally as well. And understanding that it's literally up to you to decide what you want to do with your life and how you challenge yourself. There is no external forces. Everyone wants to make these excuses and try to say that there's all these problems. The thing is, we're all we all have the same opportunity. It's just whether you look at it that same way. People used to talk down, but now I got them speechless. That's what I call foresight. That's what I call manifesting. Everyone wants to find a, a reason they're not starting something. Um, just stick to your stick to your guts and be disciplined and commit to it. Have intent behind it, and it's going to work out. The thing with the, the program is, like I said earlier, I thought I was going into it and I was going to have this crazy drastic change. For 45 days, I was sitting there. I was like, I've been going 45 days. I like I feel I feel good. I feel okay. I haven't seen a whole lot of changes in my body. Like. I thought I'd be on this crazy, what he calls God mode. <clears throat> but then as I got into the last three weeks, I started really becoming more introspective in a sense and in touch with 
like, I guess my emotions and how I was feeling. And I started noticing those benefits twofold. Then that's like when the momentum we talk about started to hit for me. Frisella talks about like some of that momentum starts a lot earlier with other people. For me, it started really late and it almost doubled down those last couple of weeks. So the last couple of weeks were probably the easiest, I take it, or not easiest, but most meaningful, most impactful. Where I saw the most progress or the most change. I started actually noticing progress physically where I felt like for a while I wasn't. I started noticing like my, I just felt like my brain <laughs> was just a well-oiled machine. I was thinking at thing, thinking about things from a different light. I wasn't making excuses. I was literally just, uh, yeah, just, there was no excuses. I just started getting to this point where it's like, if I want to, now I'm seeing progress. If I want to actually look the way I want to look, I'm going to have to continue to challenge myself every day in the gym, not just go in there and hit what I'm supposed to hit. Now I'm going to try to make things harder um, on myself as well. Just doing different, different aspects of my life or putting in extra work on the weekends or at night um, with certain things. Cause everyone sits there. They want to be, they want to be successful. They expect to be lucky. They expect all this shit to happen to them. And they're working Monday through Friday. The thing is, you're never going to get to where you want to be just working business hours <laughs> as well. And it's the same way, like with the program, you're, you're going on your second workout. You're trying to, you're managing your time to make sure you get everything done all day. You're not just looking at, you know, an eight hour window and you do the same thing with things that you're interested in outside of work or, or working out or anything else you do. So did it feel like you had more time or less time? Because you you obviously work, you work a lot. I mean, it's not like you're just working 40 a week. I'm not going to get into that. But you got a lot going on. Did it, did, it, did it make it seem like your days were longer, shorter? How did your perspective on just the man-made construct of time change? Um, you, you develop more time. You, you find out that you're making excuses for the time that you're wasting or people are spending an hour and a half on their phone, like looking at Instagram and then they're going on TikTok and then they're going on Snapchat. All of a sudden it's nine 30 and they're watching a couple of Netflix shows. Uh, like you're just, you find that there's more time. You're just utilizing it much worse. I think I watched one Netflix movie during the entire, the entire time uh, I was on the program. So you just start to manage your time and you start noticing how much time you're wasting. So you're being much more cognizant of what you need to do to get shit done. I like it. And yeah, that is something people say a lot. I mean, God, I don't even want to know what my screen time is right now, but that adds up quick. And cause you got the TikTok and the Instagram, the, the Snapchat algorithms, all that stuff is designed to literally keep you on it. So it's not real. And then you come back and you start looking at it again after 20 minutes of looking at another one. Exactly. And well, maybe you could say the same thing about, you know, the good book you're reading, you know, are you staying on that algorithm? You're getting these brain fuel in you. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's, when it comes to reading, I wouldn't even, sometimes I would not just read some days. You're just like, I just want to get the 10 pages done. I'm not, um, I'll be honest about that. Yeah. You just want to get your 10 pages done. Some days you're reading 30, 40 pages just because you're enjoying the book you're reading. 
and you just want to keep learning. The whole point of the reading thing is you're constantly putting yourself in a positive mindset because when you're reading these books, whether it be self-help or spiritual or nonfiction business investing, you're putting new ideas into your mind and you're getting more creative. So everyone, once they get outside of college, they just totally forget like that we need to continue to learn. That's what the reading aspect does is it continues to put new knowledge in your mind and also continues to curate new ideas of how to think and how to do different things. So that's the whole point of um, the reading aspect, which I've, I'm still doing <laughs> as well. Yes. And a lot of people's excuses for not reading come with, you know, I don't have time. I don't have this. So that goes hand in hand with what you're saying. Um, from what I've heard so far, your two biggest takeaways for yourself is, you know, no excuses, right? Start looking at everybody else, cogs in the wheels. They're making excuses as to why they can't do this, can't do that. The other thing, which I think is really interesting is the intellectual advantage. I think you, you know, perceive that you have, I think you do have, you know, from the reading, from being introspective, from getting shit done and realizing, damn, I am a well-oiled machine. Like I'm hitting this momentous era what is there anything else that just pops up that like you're not going to forget going through in your own mind or an advantage that you've gained yeah so and i think it's important for anyone that that does the program is to think of it as well as it's just the start like it is laying the program just lays the foundation of who you of exceeding your potential you start to understand that this is these qualities are just laying the foundation for you being able to live up to your potential and actually having the confidence to do so. And that if you want to continue to do that and you want to kind of live the life you want to live, envision it, uh, create it, that you're going to have to, things aren't going to get easier. Like things don't get easier in life. You just understand how to handle them. And because you've built that mindset and that discipline, you're able to handle those much easier because you understand it and you're going into it with a positive mindset. The thing is, if you continue to think of negative things that happen to you as being negative influences, you're only attracting more negative shit to happen. That's why people who are always down bad are fucking down bad for a long time. That's why positive people are usually likely more positive and everyone thinks they're lucky because they attract it. That attraction is important. Having that positive abundance and looking at things in a positive way only allows better things to happen to you. Your reality is a mirror. You attract what you think about. You attract what you fear, too. Um, did you... Facts. I'm trying to figure out a way how to phrase this question. Because other people might look at this from an outside perspective and think, damn, I mean... This is just so fucking hard. It's literally 75 hard. Uh, yeah. Why? Like people wouldn't understand it. Like I'm, I'm trying to think about myself as a naysayer of this or like a critic. Mm -hmm. Why, why are they critics? Why, why is the natural human condition to look at that? Are they jealous? Are they insecure? Are they, do they not understand? Cause people just look at this and they think literally, why would I do that? It's so long. I can't drink. I can't eat a fucking cheeseburger from McDonald's. Why are they in that mindset? Why? Well, they're in a, they're in a victim mentality mindset, first of all. Um, second of all, it's kind of like what I said earlier. 
if it's not calling you, if you don't want to change in your life, if you don't want to challenge yourself, then there's no point of you doing it because you're, you're doing it out of spite. You're not doing it because you have intent behind it. The intent behind it is important because you're looking to improve yourself. And if you're not, if you're just doing it just to like, just to do it, there's not going to be, you're going to go right back to your old ways again. There's going to be no change. And the thing is people who look at it in that sense of like, oh, Zach's being, Zach's just being an egotistical prick or like talking like this. Oh, he talks that's about fine. all those they can positive, think that. That's fine. Ta- oh, that's what I'm saying. The thing is, is I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say I'm better than you for doing this. I'm just saying that this is the experience that I'm having. And if you don't think you can't, like, it's like with meditation, if you don't think meditation works, it's not going to work for you. You know, you have, there's intent, there's thought behind it. If you don't think it's going to work for you, then it's not going to work for you. I'm not saying I'm any better than the other people who aren't doing it whatsoever. I'm just saying if my experience helps one person do try it and they have a good experience by going through it, then I've helped someone be able to create a new reality or create a new perspective on how they should go about life. Because for me, I, I'm like a hype guy with like all my friends. I want them to kind of go after what they want to do. I want to support them um, through all that shit. So, and I think that's awesome that when I was doing it, none of my friends, none of my close friends were on me about it. Like, why are you doing this? All my friends were like, dude, that's awesome. Like, I think that's cool. They asked me about it. They were curious about it. And I think being a friend that also goes with you understand who you need to surround yourself with. You start noticing that the people you're surrounding yourself with bring you a bad vibe or bring you bad energy. You start cutting those types of people out of your life. And you start noticing that no one actually, like no one really gives a shit about what you're doing in your life. Like, to be honest, it's my family probably cares about me. A couple of my close friends probably care about me, but everyone's living in their own reality. They don't, they think about you for two minutes and then, they don't, they don't think about your actions before. So why are you, a lot of people let these external, external actions and external opinions decide whether or how they're going to live their life. So like I said, we can go, there's so many different avenues you can go down just from the program and being introspective. And I think it's important to be reflective about your experience because you start understanding how a, a better way to think through um, certain things that you're going through. I didn't think about that angle. Um, you, you probably, you probably really do realize that nobody really gives a shit. Um, and it's only on you. Like you're the only person that create that can create your own success or reality or dreams, whatever. Nobody's coming to save you. You know, like everybody's worried about themselves. Nobody's thinking about, Oh God, like Zach is probably, you know, getting a muscle cramp on day 32 right now. Oh God. Like, no, nobody cares. Um, and then you become your own, you know, center of your universe and you take care of yourself. You cut off toxic people, you block out negative noise. You, I, I feel like you just value your own mental health and sanity and well-being more. Absolutely. You start being accountable for your own actions, but you're accountable for your energy as well. When you're around people that bring your energy down, you're not enjoying it. You're not having fun. You're around negative people you start being accountable for that. Like, why would I be around these people who constantly fuel, you know, negative circumstances or put me in bad situations? You know, I want to have conversations about, not about high school shit, 
or something that happened six years ago that we're doing at a bar, a lot of people, you start noticing that these conversations you have with people are just, they're, they're useless conversations. They're just trying to talk to talk or people, the people that are for the last five years, they've been telling you how they're going to start this business or do this. Those people that are constantly telling people what they're going to do, but never actually take action on it. It it's, you start looking at that and you're just like, dude. So you also start noticing your hard work. Just put your head down and get the work done. Everyone needs stop like looking for stop looking for acceptance or someone to console you like good job. Uh, I can't wait for you to do it. Like just get your shit done because no one will believe you and no one even cares uh, what you're doing until you actually get it done. And the thing is, is everyone so loves to tell everyone that they're doing something or that are accomplishing something, but they've taken no action towards it. The thing is. No one believes you till you do it. So just get it done and stop trying to look for like these outside sources to give you consolation. What percent of people <laughs> that you talk with do you think are more so talkers than actors? Because I mean, there's, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's a great thing to be, you know, a talker and say, you're going to do this. At least your brain's moving that way. But mm -hmm. It, the population really drops between people that have the idea and then that actually go act on the idea. Like that's like the biggest drop off. It's gotta be. And I can do a better job of that. I'm not saying I'm holier than thou, but I'm just yeah. as an observationist. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm admitting the same thing. I'm no, like I was in the same boat where I used to love, I've tried so many different things. Like a lot of my friends know I've tried a lot of different shit. And I've quit on it or failed on it. I'm not saying I'm. But you acted. Like you, said, you acted holier I, than thou. Yeah. Okay. I took a little. I took some action and, and did stuff. But I'm not saying like I'm just this all-being success guy or anything like that. Um. Lost my train of thought there. But. <laughs> no, we were talking. <laughs> I could. I could see you lose, lose that train of thought. But no, we were talking about people that talk people that act there's oh, not, yeah, yeah. not a big uh it's not a big crowd like the majority of the people get stuck in the in the talking and the thinking why is it so hard to get to the action threshold because they're no scared question. of failing a lot of people are scared of failing and of course i like everyone is everyone fears like starting something and failing i've been in the same boat but the thing is what you notice is that failing actually puts you so much closer because now you're literally just given a roadmap of how not to do something and tackle another way. So you're just checking something off the box. And if you run into the same failure or challenge again, you know how to handle it as well. So it's like people really get this point of like, they just want everyone to tell them they're so great before they're even great. They just want the consolation of being good at something before they've even started. So a lot of people just look for that rather than starting because it, it fuels their dopamine. It makes them feel good. And I honestly think like 95% of people are that way. They want to tell people about it because they want people to tell them like, dude, that's awesome. My thing is I like to, if I were to restart something, and this goes with your friends too, you want friends that challenge you. So if I were to start something, I wouldn't just tell some random, the amount of conversations I've been in with people that like I'm not very good friends with, but they tell me they're just like starting something at like a bar. And they're trying to just some, from random ass people, if I'm starting something or doing something or taking action on something, I'll tell my close friends. 
um, because I want them to challenge me and like ask me like, why are you doing that? Uh, not in a bad way, in a positive way, or like, dude, I think that's cool. I think your friend should challenge you and support you in your endeavor, but they should also challenge you because it makes you think outside of your own realm as well. Um, and also it, it creates those conversations that aren't about bullshit because your friends reach out to you and they start asking you questions about what you're doing because they, now you're, now you're feeding yourself with people want to learn from me because they know I have at least a little bit of knowledge about it. And it almost puts you in a stage of wanting to learn more or push yourself more because now, now your close friends are asking you for your opinion. Um, but you're also not telling the world, everyone who ends up being successful the reason why people think they get lucky is because they just come out of the woodworks because they haven't been sitting there telling everyone about it. Right. It just happens because they put in work and also no one sees the work that goes into that success. There's people that a lot of people think they just like get rich or start a business or do whatever become who they are in a month or two. The thing is what you notice is hard work is sustained with the discipline and consistency over a long period of time, over years. There's people I know who are just still pretty good at something and they've been doing it for four or five years. People don't notice the work that's been put, put into the craft. They just think that they're getting lucky. Also, I just, I want to rewind really quickly to when you were talking about uh, conversating with your close friends or somebody that's like-minded like you, uh, like as you are, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think a benefit of that is, so, so for example, when you post your 75 hard stories, right? You gradually will attract people or did probably attract people that were interested, like-minded, that fueled you. Um, I think when you're truly talking about what you care about and you know attracting who you're wanting to attract, that is so much more important than just like posting something, some stupid meme that, you know, isn't even what you want to be talking about, right? Because now your world's yeah. starting to fill up with people that are going to push you, that are like-minded, that are going to challenge you. I think that's important to actually talk about and attract what you actually want to talk about instead of posting like a fucking bachelor meme where you don't even know if the, the person's watching. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is, that's completely true. I agree with that. I Like, I didn't post every day I posted like basically every 30 days and then the finish just to basically keep myself accountable, but also just expose, like there was people who responded, like I said, that were, there was negative responses in the sense, how are you doing this stuff like that? But then there's also people who respond in a way that they're like, I'm thinking about starting this or I just started. And that gives you a way to, to motivate them to keep going as well. Like, that's awesome. Like keep going, make sure you continue to challenge yourself through the program what's making, what's holding you back from starting. It allows you to open up a conversation that maybe they need to hear as well, or that keeps them going. And I think that's important, whether it be about the program or in general, whether that be you're posting about business or being an entrepreneur or sales or nutrition, it allows you to at least expose the knowledge that you know and possibly help or let other people become more knowledgeable because a lot of the time people don't do their own research like that still uh common misconception of like everything should just come to me why aren't great things happening to me why am i not where i want to be 
It's because people don't do their own work. They just expect it to be handed to them. They also don't do their own research, whether that be nutrition, diet. They just expect to look up one thing. You get shredded in 30 days and some program to work for them just because they downloaded it on Google. It's like you're not even looking up what, what works for your body and what makes you feel good. And yeah, so you need to do like your own intentional research and figure out those aspects on your own. It, the information that you want to know is out there. You just have to find it. And a lot of people just expect it to fall in their lap. Yeah, everybody's different, especially with nutrition and fitness. I feel like uh, I mean, there's so many different opinions on the internet. I mean, you got to really, if you're really looking to improve or make something work for you, I'm sure you did this. I mean, you got to go get a lot of different viewpoints, cut some out that totally don't make sense, and then kind of modify it for your own, you know, body and experience that you had already. Um, that being said, what did you, what was the diet you followed? Um, you just want me to go through, I, I can just go through basically the food I ate. So either breakfast lately, I've been cutting the last like four or five weeks, I guess going in the summer, but, um, I would just fat, I would work out. I work out in the morning. So guys, this is my schedule Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. I work out in the mornings, 5 30 AM. I get up, I work out before work. I do sauna, meditate in the sauna, come back um, work. And then I'd probably eat around 11 or 12. What my meals consisted of basically were either protein pancakes, which for Kodiak cakes, protein, uh, French toast, or I do egg whites and like vegetables mixed with egg whites. Um, second meal was usually chicken and sweet potatoes or chicken and rice. Third meal was like steak or beef, lean beef, uh, with a bunch of vegetables in that aspect. And sometimes I'd switch it up a little bit, but what's also important is you want your food to taste good, get no calorie or zero sugar sauces, like barbecue sauce, mustard has zero calories, zero calorie or no sugar, um, syrup. So it is like, that's really important. <laughs> That's really important when it comes to uh, when it comes to food because you don't notice how much sauces are adding an extra 100 to 150 calories a day. Um, on Tuesday, Thursdays, my schedule was I actually worked out. I work out three times technically on Tuesday, Thursdays. Um, early morning, I do hot yoga, and then I would either work out in the middle of the day or at the end of the end of my workday. And then I would go on my other 45 minute walk outside. So I'd have to make sure my time management to get my walk outside uh, was solid. I would just walk. I don't do running. I don't really, I like steady state cardio much more. Makes my uh, joints and bones feel better walking rather than running. Um, you don't have to go on a run with the program. But yeah, that was basically, and then you just get creative with some certain food. Like I, I made like a, a pizza, I found a way to make a pizza with low calorie bread or whatnot. Um, and literally just all vegetables and like zero carb sauce, no fat cheese. You just get creative with your meals. And I think it's important to, that was the hardest part of 75 hard as well. Um, <clears throat> hardest part was 
actually, it wasn't the alcohol. The hardest part was actually finding different ways to get creative with meals and stay, stay healthy. So good. <laughs> that was a long ended answer. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, sorry. I had to take a, uh, I had to take a little bathroom break, and I, I told Zach on chat, "This is your time. This is your soliloquy." But now I'm relieved. Um, we actually are an hour in, so given, uh, given you know the short attention span of millennials, Gen Z, Gen Bull, <laughs> let's wrap up. Um, if there is, is there anything that you didn't? touch on that you want to make sure you touch on here because I, I think we've covered a vast array of benefits hmm. and you know journey points yeah no I mean I, <laughs> we went down plenty of avenues but I, I guess one thing is just like you'll find out that there's never a right time to start something there's never ideal timing everyone's looking for ideal timing to do something or start it I can understand if you don't want to do the program this summer, especially being in Minnesota when the sun's actually out. Um, but there's no ideal, whether that be starting anything, there's no ideal time. You're just, that's just an excuse. You're better off just starting and at least making a little effort doing, maybe you want to start a side hustle or something, just spend 15 minutes a day. Cause if you do something daily and consistently, you're at least going to learn and you're at least putting progress. And then as you do that, you can up it to 30 minutes or an hour, but just make sure that you're not convincing yourself that there's some perfect time to start something when there, there never is a perfect time. You just need to get it done. Boom. There never is a perfect time. <laughs> you can have a perfect life. No, you can't. But Zach, thank you for uh, coming on. This was, this was a treat. I wanted to hear a lot about this. I've, you know, I've been listening to Priscilla a lot subconsciously i may be uh maybe my mind's telling me i need to start soon we'll see but now it's summer in minnesota but there's never a perfect time we don't know but again thank you for coming on if you guys out there have any questions for zach reach out you know that's what we do we try to connect the doers here zach would be you know willing to talk we used to call we used to call him the talking head uh he'd be willing to talk to you about his experience, any questions you might have for him. I mean, just let him have it. Zach, you have a good day. Any last words? No, George, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head. I appreciate you having me on. Glad I could, you know, talk about my experience. Um, hopefully everyone knows it isn't coming from like some egotistical <laughs> side of things it's uh just kind of expose some things and maybe possibly open up your your mentality your perspective on how how you think about things on a daily basis so <laughs> hopefully we're able to help some people out it's always fun to chat i'm sure we'll talk soon we'll talk soon and if they do think you're egotistical they missed the entire point so rewind <laughs> get out of your own head and listen in and be bold Bold team, we are back. Uh, maybe you listened to the first part of the 75 hard interview with George and we're like, hey, Zach, you know what? Um, really cool that you did the program, but I actually don't want to do it. Um, so I noticed there's probably some other people out there who maybe don't want to do it, but 
also have the you know initiative to possibly you know better themselves in, in another way so i wanted to come back on kind of on a part two real quick just to kind of discuss uh things that have worked well for me and that you could possibly uh, take into action maybe in your own life um, and start you know improving those areas and really what it's going to focus on a lot of a lot of this because i know the bold uh the bold guys nick and george they like talking about meditation and mentality and things of that sort so really it's just going to be about uh your self-talk uh some of the meditation practices that i have thought have been pretty helpful for me and that i think would be helpful for anyone else listening as well and uh, just kind of improving that positive abundance and that positive self-talk that we, that uh, is really just super important in our confidence and you know the success that we want within our lives. So first of all, uh, I'll start off on this note. Um, when it comes to just becoming a better individual and becoming more successful, it's always gonna start with your physical health, mental health, and then your actual life is gonna proceed after that so what comes first whether that be physical for you or mental usually um, people put fitness first their mental health follows um, it can go either way but it's always going to be one of those two first and then your actual life and the success that comes with your life or your career or what you want will proceed after that so it's important to put those things first second of all um, i'd like to mention that it's important that you actually spend time to think about yourself and what you love to do, what you like to do, what makes you happy in the situations, the people and the experiences that bring joy into your life. Um, always trying to cover up, avoid, or cover up these emotions by constantly hanging out with other people. You need to start spending time with yourself and your own thoughts and understanding yourself as an individual and a human being. I think it's extremely important for self-awareness purposes um, to be able to have that self-awareness but you're living with yourself your entire life. Um, you can't just sit there and confide in other people um, for the rest of your life if you want to be where you want to be. So it's super important to think your own thoughts and spend time with yourself to be able to have the awareness of you know, what makes you happy. And this is where it's going to come down to some of the actionable advice that I have. Uh, so to start, I'm really going to talk about kind of reframing your your self-talk and then i'll just talk about some meditation practices briefly that i think have been helpful for me um and might even stray away from what some of the bold bold boys uh have mentioned in, in past podcasts so when it comes down to reframing uh this is some just actionable ways to change some things up is a lot of us self-talk and say negative things to ourselves all the time and you don't even notice it uh, when you become self-aware of what you're telling yourself, whether it be in the weight room, uh, when you're just hoping to get to eight reps, I just need to get to that and just stopping. Um, whether it be maybe you are on a cold call in sales and you just suck, <laughs> you blow it up and you're telling yourself, damn, I'm, I'm not good at this. I suck at this. Uh, the way to reframe and actually notice that you're saying these things is like, would you say it to your like little daughter or your cousin or a little child? Like when they do something wrong, would you just bash them and say and yell at them and be negative? Like you can't do that. You suck. You wouldn't do that to a little child or maybe even your daughter. Uh, so why are you doing it to yourself? 
Um, and once you start to become aware that you're, you're constantly throwing these negative uh, personas, these negative words, these negative experiences uh, within your life, you're going to be able to reframe them in a more positive light and actually start saying more positive things like, I can do this. Uh, I'm capable of this. I'm strong. I'm going to hit 11 reps or 12 reps. Um, reframing those things is super important, as well as reframing some emotions. So the best way I can explain is reframing an emotion or a feeling sometimes is a lot of the times we get this uh, those butterflies in our stomach and we instantly think of it as nervousness or fear. What I've done before is when I get that feeling, whether that be on a meeting, a call, a job interview, uh, trying something new, meeting new people, I try to frame that in my mind as this is excitement, not nervousness, not fear. I'm excited. This feeling is exciting. So you start changing your mindset of um, this feeling that you've always framed as a negative into a positive. You have to trick your brain. You have to reframe yourself and change the way your conscious mind thinks and your subconscious mind thinks to actually see a change. And you have to do it with intent a lot, all the time. You can't just do it once. Um, so I think that's some, some good actionable advice and just trying to reframe the way you think about things, uh, reframe some of those feelings to kind of be more of an, a positive mindset. And as you continue to do so, you'll actually notice that you're doing it more on your own. You're not having to uh, be very cognizant or very aware of it. And when you have that switch of positivity, it becomes huge because that translates into confidence. And like in our uh, part one of 75 hard, confidence is super important in just proceeding with life and actually wanting to make a change. Another thing that I think is important um, when it comes to building that confidence and building your future and your vision comes down to visualization and meditation. So I, I know the bold boys talk about um, meditation and finding quietness. Uh, I know they talk about I am affirmations. The things uh, that they do and they've seen success with. Now, what I have actually not necessarily seen success with, and I think is really important, is actually writing down I am affirmations or I am meditations. That's something that I actually have not had success with. Maybe some of you guys have tried it and it works for you. But for me, visualization has been way bigger of a or a stronger sense of meditation for me because it really entails emotion and brings in the emotion. Um, so emotion is super important when it comes to meditation because they're like I keep mentioning, there's intent behind it. Um, there's feeling behind it. And as there's feeling and emotion behind these things that you're visualizing or creating or saying to yourself, uh, that translates with your subconscious and your conscious body and mind. It helps these things come to fruition. So a way that I, what I think is super important, you guys need to understand this, is where you see yourself five years or 10 years from now, where you want your life to be, how do you expect to get there if you haven't even seen it in your own mind? How do you expect to just somehow become this successful person or this very happy person, uh, a joyful person, if you haven't even seen it in your mind? How do you expect to have this really nice house or this really great family if you haven't even visualized it? You've never seen it. So for me, 
that's important. You don't have to have a complete roadmap. You don't have to have a step-by-step. -step. Why? Because those things change over time. But as long as you're seeing the, the uh, future that you want for yourself, the success, the way that you look, the way that you feel, the way that your family is, maybe some of your vacations you're going on, it puts a blueprint into your mind, into the universe, that this is what's going to happen. And as you do that, you become more confident that the steps you're taking are actually getting you there. So for me, the I am affirmations, when I did them, I didn't have much emotion behind them. I was just saying them. Now, when I started bringing or even listening to them, when I started bringing this visualization, so some of the visualization meditations that I do are basically um, visualizing an area, a place, an experience um, of like the house that I'm in, the family that I have. Uh, and this is only like three to five years out. I don't do it like 10 years out. I don't do it like six to eight months out. Uh, this is, you know, a few years ahead of time. And just seeing the house I'm living in, uh, some of the vacations I might be going on, um, having friends and family come visit or me going on vacations with them. But it's very vivid as well. It's me walking around the house, um, checking out rooms or even the office I'm in. It's checking the backyard and the pool and going on a boat. Um, it's very vivid. It's not just like a very bland picture. And the thing about uh, visualization as well is, and meditation, if you haven't done it, start slow. Start with five minutes with the I am affirmations. I do guided meditations. Like I still can't. Um, it's really challenging me for to still sit there and do it in complete silence. I find other other things that kind of pull me out of uh, that meditation. So I do these guided meditations on YouTube, uh, look it up, and it kind of guides me through my thought process, but I'm still able to visualize and attach those emotions and those feelings of becoming who I want to become and uh, being where I want to be. So I think that uh, visualization for me has been, you know, a huge change and how I incorporate my meditation into my day. Um, and it makes me feel so much better as well after I do that. It makes me feel super confident in the future that I'm creating for myself. And I think that is, those are some ways that you can um, take forward in your day. Maybe you don't want to do the 75 hard challenge and dedicate 75 days, but the important aspect is your mental health and your self-love for yourself and your future and the intention of actually getting better is super important and it takes time. It takes a long period of time. Your mind is a muscle just like uh, you go to the gym and work out your muscles. You're not just gonna get bigger and stronger by not going to the gym. You have to continually do this with your mind. You have to continually work it and challenge it and bring these new visualizations and meditations, bring it into this new space uh, and you'll see that growth over time. It's not just gonna happen in a week. It, I've been doing the visualization stuff for probably the last six months, hardcore, but I've been on the meditation type of grind for a long time. Uh, it got exposed to me when I was uh, an athlete at Nebraska uh, with one of my coaches mentioning it and doing it with the team. Uh, but I've been kind of on that wave for a long time 
And now I've just found something that really works and that I resonate with. And I think uh, me sharing that, um, what I've been doing alongside the 75 Hard program is something that I think everyone should as well um, incorporate in their life is really just improving their their uh, confidence, their mental health, and actually visualizing the future that they want to create. Uh, because once you see it, uh, your actions and your intentions behind that vision and behind those emotions and those feelings will dictate and put you on that right path as long as you're doing the right actions for it. Um, so to recap briefly, it is, you know, reframing those negative aspects that you are constantly pushing on yourself or if people are externally doing as well, reframing those, that mindset, uh, creating a positive abundance mindset that continues to foster abundance and foster a new way that you uh, create your self-talk. The second way is a visualization aspect rather than um, a quiet meditation aspect. So visualizing uh, creating that vision and attaching those emotions. So those are just a couple things that just from my perspective, I think could help you guys out, uh, could be useful if you guys don't want to do the program, um, but still want to work on your personal development and focus on that because I think personal development is going to always be the longest journey. Um, and I think it's important to start early and try things out. So Feel free to uh, reach out to me on any of that if you'd like. Maybe I can uh, send you some of the videos that I use. Any questions? Hopefully that was useful for you guys. Uh, maybe you took away a couple things. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Allow me to share my experience and uh, some of my thoughts. And I hope that uh, I hope it helps you do do the same thing, make a change um, for the better, and continue to work on yourself. Take care. That's how